Hello and welcome to this week's Wolves Fancast. Richard Hobbs here. We're recording about half an hour after the end of the 1-1 draw Wolves had against Southampton. Lots to talk about um, for the game, most notably for the first time under Nuno. Wolves started uh, with a back four. Uh, Joining me this evening, we've got Hoops. Hello. We've got Dan. Hello. We've got Stuart Mancien. Hello, everyone. Ancien is a stuffed uh, dog with a wolf hat on it. He's not a dog. dog. Apologies. It's a meerkat. It's a meerkat. I'm terribly sorry. And we've got Kiru's come back to join us again. Hi, thanks for having me. Always a pleasure. Shall we get right into the game, folks? So there have been sort of a few rumours in the build-up to the game that um, a wolf player had um, sort of been... Um, tested positive for COVID. Um, of course, we knew that Cody had been self-isolating in the last couple of weeks anyway. Um, and then Team News came out and had Wolves lining up with the, the standard formation, 3-4-3, with then Donker in the middle. Um, no safe playing in it. It being confirmed that although uh, Cody's uh, self-isolation had finished because he hadn't been training with the team, um, he, he'd essentially been sort of dropped from it. Um, I guess what what was everyone's kind of initial reaction to the um, to sort of seeing the lineup, and then what was your reaction to I guess thirty seconds into the game when it turned out Wolves weren't playing a back three without Cody, but we'd gone to four, we'd essentially completely torn up the uh, script and gone for a four three three with um, Bolly and Kilman at the back. Um, I'll go to Stu first. Shock, shock and awe that it was it, it actually happened. It was like when, when Cody played for England in a back four for the, in the last 20 minutes of that, that one game. And it was like, oh, this can't happen. This is not possible. Um, and the fact that Jordan then automatically means in the group chat that he has to now go a date with Kelly Brook because it's happened. So that's one step further. Um, yeah, I, thought, I just thought, well, it's something different. It's not going to be boring today. And then it carried on. And it was. I was going to say um, that the... the most notable thing about it was they didn't feel actually a lot changed. Sort of, Dan, how, how did you sort of feel, feel it kind of, I guess, sort of transpire? I feel like we were all a bit sort of taken aback that Nuno actually had a bit of desire to change things and just see how things would go with um, a back four. I thought the, the two centre-backs looked a bit shaky without Cody leading, leading them all over the pitch and giving them instructions, but I was quite quite pleased to see Nuno go for it. And, you know, if it didn't come off, then we know it wouldn't work. But I, I, I feel like after watching that tonight, I, I feel we could go to a back four on a regular basis with a bit more fine-tuning and a bit more bedding in of that system. Yeah, uh, Kim, um, I, I know sort of, I saw your tweet about sort of having to have some gin after sort of seeing, uh, seeing the line-up and I think and sort of seeing how we'd sort of work without Cody. How did you think it worked as almost a back four with Nevis sort of sitting in front? Because I almost kind of assume, like just looking at the lineup, it'll be then Donker almost as a proper anchor in midfield. But it was almost like how Wolves normally play. But yeah, you know, I think to be honest, I was just I didn't even notice because I wasn't at first because I wasn't even looking for the fact that you know I thought yeah. it's obvious that Donker is going to be playing in a back five. Like I just. Yeah. yeah, I was completely shocked, to be honest. Um, yeah, I think it was clear that I think the centre-backs looked a bit shaky. Um, Bolly and Kilman, I think, almost in the, in their personas, they just looked on edge. Whereas, mm. you know, usually you've got Cody shouting at everyone, making sure everyone's organised, where I didn't feel like that was the case tonight. No. And personally... I still don't think it helped our tempo. I still think in the first half, I still think in the first half, despite creating a few chances, I still don't think we looked any better moving from a back four to a back five in terms of, you know, attacking wise. I don't think it, it helped. Um, I think as soon as they sort of scored, that's when we sort of jumped into life and started attacking again. To be honest, I think that's what turned the game, that we actually started looking forward. Matinho was making runs in the box, 
and this wasn't happening before. So I don't think formation played a whole bearing on the game, apart from the fact that it makes us look more nervy at the back. Yeah, I think I think you've hit the nail on the head almost. We just felt a bit they, they felt exposed, and there was a, I think Walcott had that big chance at one nil, and mm-hmm. just. Kilman was sort of playing everyone sort of five yards on side, but normally that would have been Cody who'd have been almost five yards further beyond that and have just sort of swept up. And, you know, it did feel like they were playing without a safety net for the first time. They looked a bit anxious hoops. Um, I guess it was weird because we started the game all right. Uh, you know, Podent sort of had that great little run inside the first sort of couple of minutes and um, won sort of a free kick on the edge of the box. And, you know, I think I was, you know, optimistic that this might be, you know, a, a brave new world. But it then <laughs> just for the rest, I just struggled to get going. And yeah. it was odd because, you know, as Kim said, like it was almost like we were playing how we were a couple of weeks ago with, you know, still kind of quite pedestrian pace still a bit unsure of who we are and uh, you know of playing with each other and it just didn't really make, make a difference almost particularly almost hugely negatively or hugely positively either which is which i think is quite telling in a way yeah i think as, as, as kim and both dan referenced i think as we set out as a four then there was probably a little bit of optimism that it would perhaps um turn into more of an expansive performance. And as you say, although we started well, um, bar the last 25 minutes where the formation slightly changed, um, we just looked more weaker for the change. And I think there was far too much space between the two centre-halves. They weren't really playing as a unit and it did look shaky. But my other thoughts going into it was, I know there's been a lot of talk about Adama this week starting as as it has happened this evening, but... I was just surprised Neto wasn't starting and, and disappointed as well. Um, you know, we can all talk about hindsight and we're going to the game and him getting a goal, but I just, that, that disappointed me. For, for as much as Poden started well, I think it was a shame. That was the only other surprise was, uh, was Neto not starting tonight. Yeah, no, I, I completely see that. And from my perspective of that, so I've talked about something to kind of discuss with you guys was, Almost that front line. I mean, Jimenez just he's not playing at all well at the moment. And you know, apart from a couple of off chances, and he hit the post as well for a goal. And sort of suddenly, sort of things switched. But you know, he looked lost. He looked isolated. There was that you know, the ball came in from a free kick, and he couldn't you know he couldn't trap it down at all. But it feels to me that. Between Neto, Traore and Podence, you've got, between them, sort of two really good wide players, but none of them can do it on a consistent basis. So Neto did really well when he came off the bench. He took his goal well. He had a couple of really good other chances. But then, you know, if he starts against Arsenal, you know, there's a really high likelihood we'll be in exactly the same situation. If he, you know, if he started over Podence, the Podence would then come on in the 60, 65th minute and really shine from there. And it almost feels like neither one of them, I think they're both really good players, but they don't just have that extra bit to really push us forward on a consistent basis, um, which is why I don't think he necessarily started. I just think with actually. Yeah, I think with you can't really. I mean, looking at that first half, I mean, Pedence probably did as much as anyone, even though he was being a bit feeble and falling over at times. He had no service, and they were having to drop so deep to get the ball back when we had an extra man in midfield compared to what we always yeah. we normally have, and we had an extra man up front compared to what we normally have. None of it made any sense. Mm. It was no. If it... but the, I mean, it, you look at it was the old way of I'll oh, get the ball to Troy Ray and hope he does something special. For the first 35, 40 minutes again. <laughs> and it was, you think, well, we are going to be more expansive playing with four at the back. There's going to be risks in defense. You kind of expect that as soon as you saw four at the back, which you kind of accept. But what you can't accept is playing, having players on the pitch like them three up front. And I mean, I, I don't blame him for being pissed off whatsoever because what service did he have? He had to create anything that he did for himself. And then when the ball did fall to him, he wasn't fully switched on. 
So it's yeah, it's one of them. I mean, sort of, it seemed like the first half almost passed by a little bit. And, you know, both goalies were having to make some sort of good saves, but, you know, relatively routine. And to be honest, you know, commentators on those were sort of, you know, Southampton are playing sort of slightly better, but it didn't seem much in it. And then second half came and usually they start the second half strongly, uh, but just really struggled. And, you know, I think for Southampton's goal, it was a bit of a, you know, it was a bit of a breakdown in sort of about three or four different departments. It didn't help that I tweeted about my love and appreciation for Den Donker, who then sort of managed to consistently lose three headers in a row in the middle of the park. And then um, a Nori went down after sort of a bit of a collision and, you know, whether it was a foul or not, there's nothing in it. And, you know, I've got sort of a bit of a thing for, you know, if he's going to try and claim for a foul, fair enough, Defenders or all players will do it, won't they? But if you're then not going to win it and you're just lying on the floor and hoping the referee stops play, then you're kind of putting your own team at risk. And you know, it for, for them for the ball to sort of literally come to where he should have been, Kilman not quite handling it, and then Samedo, you know, absolutely nowhere near where he should have been. Um, I'm going to go to Dan just because I, I enjoy this part. But so, Dan, <laughs> how do you feel that um, I, I guess sort of a goal as a whole, but also Samedo because you know I thought that was really sort of poor not to sort of be switched on to that personally and keep and keep the line, so to speak. I mean, that just shows why Barcelona let him go, doesn't it? That that complete lack of reaction and awareness to what was going on. Like what he said, he shouldn't have even got to that position. There was various opportunities to get rid of that ball before he even got anywhere near our box. Kilman can't be letting that cross get in from that area. But I'm sorry, I'm, I'm quite happy with tonight's performance. I'm, I'm a bit deflated that we haven't got the win, but overall, I'm, I'm still quite happy with the performance. Seven shots, two on target. That's not Wolves, that's Southampton. We had 20 shots today. 20 shots, nine on target. What more do Wolves fans want than that? It was always going to be the situation if we went from, went to a back four that we were going to leave ourselves open. How many of them shots are actual proper nail chances? Like, like yeah. we said earlier, that's what's the point. The, you can have, what's you can the have XG, as, Dan? What's the XG? You can have as many shots as you want. I mean, they were they were counting blocks, blocks from about forty yards as shots on target. It means it means fuck all. If no. they, if they, it's true. It's true. We've you barely had, been getting the, towards the fucking opposition half the last few games. You had the netto one, the, the netto that McCarthy saved with his feet. Posen's header, then Donker chance. It all route all Rowles hit the post. Neto scored. They're all decent chances. But the he's goal saying, was the, yeah. the goal's the only one that you'd say is an is a, a okay, an XG of one. <laughs> Because they're all, like we've already said, they're all routine saves. Uh, I agree. It's better that they're actually on target for a change and not skied over the bar, which is Apart progress. from the Neves chance, what Schmeichel said against Leicester, what, what did we do in, that, in, that, in their half? Nothing at all. So we've had 20 but, shots today? Yeah, it's an, it's an improvement. But again, it's, you, can, you, can have them chance, you can have them shots against even that, that waste of space down at Sheffield United and even he'd save all them. It's, I, think just... I think especially in the first half, like they were literally like, you know, if he didn't save them, he won't shoot it in because they were literally yeah, exactly. like yeah. if you if you want to be extra picky, you're gonna say, Well, we had actually really good chances and they've made the keeper you should make the keeper work harder than that. And it wasn't a result of, you know, um a change in tempo or it didn't feel as if it was a constant attack. They were just pop shots, weren't they, ultimately, yeah. where we run out of ideas in terms of clear-cut chances. So it was a few in and around the box, which, as you say, you'd expect him to say. I mean, I've got a couple of messages here coming through saying, oh, take a point, wasn't too bad. But to me, it was at times, it was a really, really tough watch. I just thought it was sluggish. It was, you know... We know what the players are capable of, and we can give Southampton a bit of credit, but I thought it was tough going. You can use stats as context and go 20 shots, but, you know, if you, if you look at the game overall, I'm not particularly happy with that performance. If you if that was if that was any other team and you were just watching that as a neutral, you'd have put it onto ITV1, wouldn't you? 
and watch I'm a Celeb instead? Because it, it, won, it won a spectacle of football at all. But then if you listen to Jamie Carragher after the game, he said it was a great watch in the second half. So, which I kind of agree with. But, the last but, but when they scored, we were like, we thought, God, we're going to have to actually attack now. Whereas it's too laboured and we always start attacking once we're losing rather than actually going for it before. Yeah, we waste an hour of every game for no reason at all. Just pissing about. When if when we it showed when we've gone we've gone at the blocks at teams Sheffield United Palace, and we've got we've come away with wins and we've we've done the job got the job done then then kind of calm it down a bit afterwards, and like you said earlier Rich that we did kind of we started relatively brightly but it, it just faded away straight away faded within about five to ten minutes I, yeah. I I kind of noted and you know we we conceded and we we were on the ropes for a bit as said that that. Um, Walcott second chance was a huge turning point and don't get me wrong it, you know Walcott should be burying them and the fact it was almost like his crew in a microcosm wasn't it um, mm-hmm. an elite level being a striker um, but after that you know I thought Martinho sort of stepped up which you know he's had his critics particularly from myself to be honest and, you know in terms of how he's been playing and he's almost sort of you know, pushed out the team now because of Donk and what he offers and Nevers being who he is. But, you know, we, we were crying out for that midfielder to push further forward. You know, we've got Donk who can, you know, sort of roam about. Nevers sits quite deeply, but we needed someone who can, you know, link up the midfield with the attack. And, uh, you know, for the first 60 minutes, we had three midfielders who were trying to link the defence with the midfield. And it just, it just doesn't fit. Um, so, when he was playing that bit further forward and he had that almost free, you know, bit more free reign, that's when things started to happen, whether it was through Podence or through Trio or even Neto when he came on. I think he was kind of a real linchpin to um, that kind of working out. And, you know, they, 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 sort of, they started pushing. Um, and, you know, again, I criticised Jimenez because actually I thought for, he, he did struggle. And then... It, he does almost uh, the classic him and sort of he takes the shot on the turn quickly, incisively. You know what he's paid to do hits the post, and it's exact. You know that goal from Neto screamed to me a guy who just knows where he needs to be at the right time. It's you know it's proper kind of textbook what you want from a from your attackers, isn't it? It's Not a, the way it's he a... celebrated, he didn't. Well, oh I yeah, was that was. Outside. I was. Oh. Yeah, I was waiting for VAR to come into effect. The way he just react, he didn't celebrate whatsoever. Yeah, I, I, I didn't celebrate whatsoever <laughs> until you saw the replay of that it was nowhere near offside. Because I thought, well, mm. oh, he's been stung too many times by VAR. It's affected his mind now. <laughs> um, but it's it's the angle, I suppose, of what the um, what we were showing, and we didn't expect him to run in. But yeah, that's what I didn't celebrate. It's celebrated when you see a replay of the the, the um, offside line. <laughs> Yeah, that, I do that, feel that. like I do feel like Neto has much more of an end product than Pedence currently, yeah. mm-hmm. and that's why personally I would have started with Neto and Traore because Traore gives you that you know something different. But I feel like Neto does as well. You know, he can come up with an assist out of nothing, and I don't feel like he's about to fluff an, a chance. Whereas Pedence sometimes I feel like he's a bit lightweight. Um, and if he has an off game, he just doesn't look like he's ever gonna mm. do anything. I like, yeah, I like seeing Neto on the left more than I do seeing him on the right. Um, when Podent starts, we usually have him inverted, so Podent's on the left and Neto on the right. And I know, like, we seem to get a bit more out of Neto when he's on that left, almost, almost tucked a little bit inside as a, another striker in a way. And again, same with Triore, Triore's best moments weren't when he was hugging the touchline. That's not when you get the best out of Traore. It's when he's playing like five yards in field and he's got, you know, much more of a pitch where he can go left and right and just let his mental footballing brain take over. If he's just down the sidelines, all he does is run to a channel and then try and hook in across, which will work one in 50 times. And there's a few points today where, you know, he it, there was a, it was almost in the classic Traore and he knocked himself into a bit of space, but the forward players weren't quite there to be in the right position. And then even when they were slightly there, the cross was just 
you know wayward um, yeah you, you look at you look at the compare it to the Troyoro performance against West Ham last season when he was when he pinged the ball across for um for him and his on a sixpence and it, it absolutely perfect you look at him today with the crosses he put in and it was like his first season with us again it's almost like his confidence and that shoulder injury is knacking him out so much that when he does play that role he's his crossing's been woeful he didn't do anything today to, to warrant a start, but no. I, I think it, it is about balance with those three. And I think Pedenz and, and Neto, as can reference there, they, they're quite similar. So you can't really play on both. Um, so you've got to make a call. And I think right now Neto's in there on, on form because he's looking most likely to. But then again, <laughs> it's a difficult one to retain Adama tonight because just didn't work for him. Yeah, and I mean, it's interesting because I think, I feel like I'm going to give out a stat now and it could be completely wrong, which isn't like me, of course. Um, it was, is this, it was Troy's 100th appearance for Wolves? Yeah, that's right. Oh, yes, getting better. And, you know, it's, it, you look at it, it's a, it's, a, it's a large amount, it's a long time to actually be at a club these days. And you always go, what's he got to show for it? And... You know, but he, there's these sort of series of moments and things like that. But I don't know, just, just there's always going to be this um, enigmatic um, thing around Troy, isn't there? Where, you know, we're still trying to see if, if we can get the best out of him. And you can see why clubs always want to take him on, but you can always see why clubs eventually end up letting him go. He's, I mean, we talked about this in the week, didn't we? About the fact that Traore seems to be. How you know, or has a level of expectations far above anybody else that sometimes people expect too much of him, but you know, is a backhanded compliment because of what he has got, and what he has got is more in his locker, you know, in terms of strength and speed and goal than than any of our other front line. Um, but it's that consistency, and he's just it's just always going to be labelled at him. No, I think it's a, it's a bit unfair, really, to sort of give him one game and then, because he hasn't been quite on it today, he's back oh. on the bench again. Well, he's never, ever going to, you know, get up to that form where, you know, Man City away. He's never going to get up to that form unless he gets a run of games. So, personally, I would carry give him a couple more games and I really do think he'll he'll come good again. But he's very much a confidence player. So I don't think it, I think it'd be unfair to just give him one game and then put him back on the bench. Yeah, I think for me, like I, I'm kind of the same sort of mindset, uh, Kim, and uh, you know that's why I sort of I prefer when he starts games as opposed to when he comes off the bench because he seems like it can take him a bit of while to either pick up the pace of a, a game anyway or pick up a pace over a series of games. It feels like, but um, <laughs> did, did anyone kind of stand out for you guys watching? Um, you know, I thought Kilman looked okay apart from being a bit shaky a couple of times. And, um, you know, one thing I found interesting, it, it's completely meaningless, appreciate it. But of course, Nevis was captain today um, and he went off quite early on. Um, he was sort of sacrificed for another forward player to see Bolly then get the captaincy. And I, I, I was, again, it doesn't matter. It is literally a bit of cloth around, you know, around a bicep. But I was surprised Martino wasn't captain. Um, sort of third choice. Does it, would he really want to be kept? Martinho does seem to be the type of for me. I mean, I know he's the most experienced no. player on the pitch, and you do that's the kind of thing that some clubs do. I'm but ninety percent sure he was captain for Portugal last week at some point. Yeah, well, he's a legend for Portugal. Ain't he? This, 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 Are you saying he's got a legend for Wolves? Well, not for the last, like, you know, last twelve months. No, I, I um, thought actually, yeah, I think when when Bolly took the captain's armband, you actually heard him talking. And I've never heard that yeah. before, ever. Yeah. Well, I was saying, no, he was talking his... throughout a lot of the game, to be fair to him. Mm. Um, He's a starter, though, isn't he? Bolly's a starter, whereas Martinho, oh, you know, isn't a guaranteed starter, whereas Bolly, he doesn't miss games. So he's kind of, yeah, he's the go-to guy there. But in terms of who stood out, Rich, I mean, I... I don't know if the other guys want to pick anyone up, but they were just in, in patches, weren't they? I mean, Semedo had a good first half, but first then half. let himself down on the on the goal. Um, Kilman, as you say, made a couple of decent interceptions, but so yeah, I don't know. If, I don't think anybody had a consistently good game. There were just glimpses. Um, I, mean, I was going to say it's almost a bang average 
one one draw, isn't it? If like no one for me, like no one had an absolute stinker. You know, no one had like a four out of ten, but no one got like above a seven. I mean, some, like Hoop said, Samado had the first half and Neto had the last twenty minutes. Yeah, that's just, mm. that's your standout performances of the whole batch. And Matinho maybe had the intervening period. Maybe <laughs> he played. He probably played as far forward as he does for Portugal today. To be fair to him, there was but those times when he went when he, he crossed the ball into the box. Well, I mean, when then, um, Dan, you're shaking your head. Let's see, let's see your thoughts. Massively deflated with some of the things that I'm that I'm hearing currently. I mean, going back to the captaincy, <laughs> going going back to the captaincy a minute ago. I can only speak for myself here, but when when you're an elite player, you don't need to wear a captain's armband for one. The other thing with Matinho, I, I didn't think he had a good game. That that first half little period where he got toward when he got to the byline and tried to put that crossing with his left foot. God rest her soul, my mum could have put in a cross similar to that. It was disgraceful, the amount of pair in that cross. That's where we struggled tonight, was the centre midfield with three defensive midfielders who haven't got enough energy to be effective in the final third. We called it before the game, David, when we thought there was only, when it was going to be Neves and Matinho again. I said that, well, there's nothing in the middle. And then you had, you had Dendonka, who was kind of completely anonymous. Before we came on, Dendonka constantly gets himself in good positions, but he hasn't got that attacking nails. No, I don't things... think any of them have, though. I don't think between them in midfield we haven't got enough assists and goals, and that's where we struggle because we're always relying on Jimenez or, if not, the wide players. Like between them, they don't create anything, they don't shoot at and score, they literally just. <laughs> They're just there. Yeah. I was gonna say I, I feel like, like I was gonna say I feel like I summed it up quite nicely when I said we have three central we have three midfielders who are all a primary defenses and enjoy linking up defense to the midfield or wide players. We have no one in a midfield who actually wants to link players going forward. And he um, came on for it, he came on for six minutes at the end. And yeah, yeah. Chance, yeah, I was going to say he's the only one. You know, as we understand it, because we we can't anybody can claim to be an expert on the guy. But Vitinha appears to be brought on to be that driving player, and to be that one who will take players on. Because I agree. You know, I mean, I like them all individually, particularly Donk, but I just think it's confusing. Uh, you know, it's it's what's the message you're sending out in that centre midfield. And often they nobody knows who's going to hold and who's going to go, and it's kind of like you know, individually they're good players, but yeah, I, I don't get that sort of pairing or or threesome in the middle. I think, just, I, think yeah. it, I think that's it, and you know, I've, I've probably been relatively critical of him and S today, and I, and by far the best striker I've seen at Wolves, you know, in terms of sort of even like level for, um, you know, player. You know, parallel to the level we're at, but you know, imagine if he just had some a willing runner, like within a you know, well, a postcode of him. Let's be honest, but you know, if you had someone like, I was gonna say it sounds stupid, but even someone like Ward, Ward Prowse or you know, a classic like Frank Lampard, do you know what I mean? Just someone who will well, go that extra five yards further forward and just pick up a layoff. Stuart Armstrong was the guy for them today. That was a constant yeah. form falling you know in our what? side. It was a constant oh. nuisance. I he said was, today on Twitter, there is a weird there, player. There isn't a player in the Southampton squad that walks into our side. And for me, I'll pick Stuart Armstrong up and walk him in instead of Zhao because I thought he was the, he's the nuisance that we need in our centre yeah. midfield. Yeah, that's it. You, 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 it's a nuisance player. That's what we're missing in the midfield. Just somebody who can just make themselves busy, but that bit further forward. And, you know, we, uh, you know, he just picks up these awkward positions for defenders, you know, and, yeah, just it's just that little link we're missing. And, you know, as Dan would say, Nuno kind of, he needs to take that and break off in, in that regards. And either let Matinho just have a swan song playing as number 10, which isn't going to happen, or uh, Dendonka's not going to do it because he's basically a centre-half. And I don't see being Nevis either. So he needs to because there is a clear almost gap in the pitch, isn't there? You know, I'll be fascinated to see a heat map because I bet, you know, the distance between Jimenez and the midfielders is further than any other players on the football pitch. 
when we, we've talked about it before about playing um either Neto or Pudence there as a as a kind of as an attacking midfielder of some I mean it's we've mentioned him before, but Ross Barkley would have been ideal. I mean he's exactly what who we're yeah. talking about. Yeah. Uh, they're, they're not have got him um, for a year. It, it, and... it's not it's not like these players don't exist. <laughs> and you know when, Whenever we have these kind of conversations, I'm just about that. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> that the Ross Barkley that's injured again. I didn't say anything about his injury record, did I? Don't know. That's honestly, I'm, I'm, I'm still <laughs> deflated that none of you think Paulie's had a good game tonight. Absolutely, no, he did. Mind no, I said that. I said he's had a shit game. He did. He did okay, but I think it was more over the fact that we thought Neto was probably you know worthy of a start over him because he scored. No, because he's better. Generally, <laughs> Pudence, Pudence had a had a good ten minutes in that fir, in that first half, and he spent the rest of the time moaning and and just you can see frustration all over the pitch, which is kind of it's telling that it shows that they care, which obviously they do because that's been the whole thing under Nuno for the last three and a half years. But you can see frustration on, on another on a night. Their... Paulus could have had a hat trick tonight. But on another night, anything could happen. On another night, that's you yeah, know. Yeah, but so, so what but, did Jimenez do tonight? On another night, do an assist. <laughs> <laughs> Simple. <laughs> there you go. I think that's the difference, though, because Jimenez can play really awfully like he did tonight, but he still picked up the assist. You still would never take him off in a game because you know he gets a big chance. I personally would back him to score over anyone else, which obviously is a centre forward. Whereas I think that Pudence can have a half decent game like he did tonight, but miss chance after chance. Yeah, exactly like exactly like um, what is that noise? Exactly, exactly <laughs> is, like what is that Mancien? <laughs> yeah, that man, that. Mancien's gone mad. Goes to Glen Hoddle's got to him. Um, but yeah, it's it's exactly what we we criticised Jota for last season when he was missing chance after chance and they. Fair play to him. It's come good at Liverpool because he's getting more chances anyway. But Pedence is the same, the same level of str- frustration because he gets himself into positions, but you never have the confidence that he's going to net put put the ball in the net. Whereas Neto at the minute, what person? I do. I think Pedence when he first came in was in great form and he felt like anything he touched, you know. It, um, but he just seems a little bit off at the moment. Um, I, think, I, say, I think for me, I, I really like Pedence. Um, and I think he's very incisive and direct when he plays, and he likes getting the ball on behalf of them, taking players on. Which you know, if if we're actually there in the crowd, it would properly lift play, you know, lift the team up and fans up. But as I said, like it almost feels like he's not quite that complete player to be able to do it on a consistent basis. But I also have the same. I sound very negative, but I also have the same reservation about Neto. So, say I could see Neto starting against Arsenal or whoever we've got after that struggle, not make an impact because he's at that level. But then Podent's coming on and making an impact and getting that goal because the defence has opened up, etc., etc. And I guess part of it is just we are that's because of the kind of calibre of team we are at the moment. But we are essentially a a good mid table. Premier League team, but we're all you know we've got these players who aren't quite there. I mean, you I agree. You... I agree with what Kim said, where Adama deserves a good run of games. But on on tonight's performance, I, I don't see how you can drop Powden, and I, I think you've got to bring Neto in. I agree. Yeah, I, mean, I think we, I think Kim was saying that you can't expect Adama to play well when he doesn't have a run of games. I think that was the that was the main point, but. It's a tricky one because like we've all said that they all play well in patches. Yeah. Um, but I was astonished that Neto was on the bench because he's been our best player this season, let alone the last few weeks. And you have to, for that reason, you have to start him. Yeah, if, he, if he's not performing, then take him off. But you, we, I think we have got to remember how young these people are <laughs> compared, comparatively to everyone, every other team. And I, said, I think they said it in commentary about the bench. <laughs> and how young the bench was, other than you know, Otisawi, 18, Fabio Silva, 18, and Vitinha, was he 19, 20, something like that? 20. And it's a young they are gonna they are gonna make mistakes, but let them make mistakes on their own and not force them into systems that don't 
exploit their their, tra- their best traits. It's just that's my biggest bugbear of tonight that we've already mentioned. I must say, uh, you know, before you know, we'll round up on this in a second. But I all this almost reminds me of the days under jacket and under managers gone by where say we have a one one all draw and we almost can't decide whether it's one point gained or two points lost whether we play good or whether we play bad because it actually it's just it's just an inconsistent game and you know unfortunately that's the difference between i guess uh wolves finishing seventh from wolves finishing 11th or 12th which is you know the way we're going at the moment because we'll you know, we'll, we'll draw games like this when on another day we could have won um, quite oh, yeah, we, if we needed to. Well, if we get top half, it'll be a great season. No doubt about it. We ain't getting nowhere near the top eight, let alone top six. Let's just, <laughs> let's just but put that But to be fair, we, have, we should mention the fact that Southampton are a good team. Yeah. You know, yeah. They've won for last five out of six. You know, they've um, unbeaten the last three games away from home. So... I feel like even though it's just frustrating because I feel like we could have attacked more in the first half and it could have been a different game and blah, 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 blah. But the point is that Southampton are a good team. So obviously I've seen them play better than tonight, but I think that we should step back and think about, you know, before the game, we'd have probably took, well, I don't know, I'd have probably took a 1-1. Yeah, I don't think it. I don't think it's a terrible result. Uh, you say so. I think it, I, I bet the most likely result would have been a draw because you say they're in good form. Wolves are a good team. You know, it almost feels like one one's probably a natural conclusion. But I guess it's just frustrating in a way, isn't it? Because I said before, we can all see the potential in these players. We can see the potential in this team, but they're being held back. Whether it's Internally by themselves or externally by how they're being coached and how they're being told to play. I'm being ridiculed on a daily basis for demanding more from this team, and then people have <laughs> one all draw. I'm I'm, I'm 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 all over the shop here. I don't know what I'm supposed to expect from this team anymore. <laughs> expect the least amount possible. How many years do we need to be an established Premier League side to demand more from this team, and then still be happy with a one all draw on to Southampton, who are Come the end of the season, going to finish below us. I'm not happy at all. <laughs> I'm not, I'm, we should be beating teams like this. These I mean, two games you're... were big markers for our season, indicators for me. And we've, oh, yeah, we've, we... already, we've already dropped two points, so now we've got to go and beat Arsenal. Otherwise, oh, that, that, we, we, we ain't beating table finish. We'll come on to that later. We ain't beating Arsenal. Absolutely no chance. I mean, they were absolutely wank at the weekend, and you know, you know exactly what's going to happen. It'll be the same again. They ever but... scored an open. Uh, Open play goals since flipping Vieira played for them. They're going to score three on Saturday. You can see it coming, can't you? Yeah. Well, that's why I, I said in, when the uh, when we were talking about when the teams came out. I said I, I don't even know what to think anymore because I don't I don't expect anything. Well, we had we had twenty shots though apparently. Yeah, that's the main thing. Twenty shots. We we ain't had twenty shots in the last seven games. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say it, it, it's weird because I think that Dan's kind of viewpoint is is. is <laughs> Is kind of Wolves in a nutshell. Where it's like it's an improved performance, but we didn't get, you know, three points. And as I say there is some glaringly poor things about the game today, but there's also some positives as well. And you know, it's it, it's going to be. It, it, as I say it's like we're we're back to being mid-table where we're going to have these inconsistencies. But you know what? I'm happy because it's going to make great content for us. <laughs> I, don't, I, don't, I don't think we're miles off the top eight, as Stu's alluded to. I really don't. I don't think we were great. I think it was really patchy. But as, as Rich referenced as well, we know what they're capable of. And it could be due to the failings of teams around us. But top eight isn't that big of an achievement this year with the standard we're seeing, to be honest. So, um I, mean, I think that, I think that's a damning thing that even though yeah. you look where Man City are and, and in the league, and I still don't expect us to be up there because it's. I mean, he said along it's a transitional transition into a new style, which we've yet to even sniff, let alone anything else. Um, so I, I very little expectation for this season anyway, regardless. But with things like performances like this and this first half voodoo. 
which has now become kind of law rather than anything else. I don't expect anything apart from top 10. Well, shall we leave it for Southampton chat for there, guys? And we'll, we'll be talking about the Arsenal game right after this. Hi, Richard here. Before you go back to hearing us dissect the latest Wolves news, some really shoehorn Simpsons references, a bit of 90s film action, of course, a bit of wrestling, um, I just want to do a quick shout out for our sponsors, Pixel Yeti Media. Now, they've done a fantastic job on the Wolves Fancast website, WolvesFancast.com, please go check it out. But they're not just web designers, they're a creative agency that cover all your design needs from websites, brochures and signage to marketing, logo design and branding. There's basically nothing they can't do marketing-wise, so make sure you check them out at pixelyetimedia.com and I'll let you get back to enjoying the show. So, on Sunday, Wolves will be playing Arsenal away. I mean, it doesn't really matter at the moment because we're still not going to be getting fans in the stadiums, but fingers crossed there might actually be some movement there, which I will ask you guys about in a little bit. Um, 7.15 kickoff, um, as I say, on Sunday. I mean, we won't talk about the game sort of too much because there's a lot of time between now and Sunday and you know, be interested to sort of see what Wolves players will actually be available. But I think my big question to you guys is, do you think we will be playing four at the back against Arsenal? Um, I will go to, looks like they might have an answer. I'll go to Dan first. No, I think Cody comes back in, doesn't he? He's captain Leeds. Don't think he's put his transfer request in to go to Liverpool then? No, he, he has. Yeah, he'll, he'll come out after the Arsenal game. After the post-Arsenal. It's a whiz farewell, farewell game. It's it's classic new now to go back to. To be honest, drop Kilman and put Cody in the back four. Let's just let's go, let's get let's get some bollocks new now and properly give for it for once. You know what? I, that that was a thought. I, that was sort of a thought I had during the game, not about um, what Nuno may or may not need, but actually, it. It wasn't a complete. It, it wasn't a complete disaster tonight playing four at the back. I think we can all kind of agree on that. It wasn't amazing, but it wasn't like. Do you remember when like Man City um, or well, no Pep, um, you know, Fordiola's tried it in the Champions League before, and he's like, you know, just played around in the semi-final of like the biggest game of his season. It, it wasn't like that. We we weren't awful. You know, there was a few issues, but I did sort of think. Could Cody play in the back four um, at, at this point? And, you know, he had an hour against um, Denmark or whatever it was. But I, I could be swayed, I think, especially if we had, you know, a attacking lineup of Traore, Podence, Neto, all behind Traore. I could get on board with that quite easily. Or am I just thinking it's very, that's very sort of FIFA football manager. And it's all sort of fictional. I mean, I'd have no problem with it, but we know that that midfield will be exactly the same as it was today, so it's pointless. So you might you might as well just go back to a back back five and at least have that outlet of the um, ball out to the wing backs, because if you're playing Neves, Matinho, and Dendonka again, then it completely defeats the object because it's it's the same as having a back five anyway, just further up the pitch. I don't think it matters what formation we play. As you say, Stuart, because of the the three midfield. Um, Yeah, I think, to be fair, if we're going to play a four against anyone, well, Arsenal haven't looked great going forward, have they, in the last few games at all. Barely barely, scored a goal, looked really poor against Leeds, didn't offer anything going forward. So I think potentially, but I would feel more comfortable going back to what we know. But at the same time, getting Matinho further forward or at least understanding who's doing what in centre midfield because at the moment I don't know who's holding, who's going forward, who's the creative player. It's just not working. So, yeah, but for me, get the go back to about five and at least the full-backs will then hopefully bomb on a little bit more. I mean, we, we also, when, when Neves, Neves played further forward against Everton last season, how good he can be further up the pitch. And he, he's never a really has good chance, player. and he never has chance to do it for some for whatever reason because he's he's held back and made to play defensively. Well, I was gonna say in the first ten minutes of the um of the Southampton game, part of me did think, you know, we talk about, you know, 
can, you know, Matinho and Neves can't really play together. There was a point where, you know, ne- never, I-, I tuned in about 30 seconds into the game and sort of missed sort of the initial sort of back four and saw Neves quite deep. And I bet, you know, he pinged one out wide and I thought, is it a case that almost Cody and Neves can't quite play together to get the best out of Neves because they're almost doing each other's jobs? When, when Neves is that deep, then yeah. Because they're yeah. just on, a, on top of each other. Yeah. That's why yeah. I think that in that game, when it's probably, it stands out as the only one that I can think of because it, it worked so well with him playing further forward and then Donker holding. Yeah. I mean, it didn't help, it helped that Everton was shit that day, but even so, you can only play what's in front of you and it's proved that it can work. Yeah. So I don't see why we can't do that, especially like Kim said about how bad Arsenal have been. And you have got the wing backs, and if Neves is further forward, then you've got added threat there as well. So, I, I, ideally, I'd love to go to Arsenal and take it to them and actually beat them at their place. It's never happened, and it'd be, it'd be yeah. ironic that it'd be the first time when I've not been, when we're not there that it actually happens. But I can't see. So where, where do you sort of sit on sit on this then? Yeah, I don't know. I, I can see arguments for three, but, but I think the the reality of the situation is um, we'll play to Cody's strengths, um, and, and that will mean a, a back five. Um, and I think that's sort of the um, you know the proven system. But yeah, I, I take I take the points on board that actually it's more about what happens in front and the selection in midfield um, that is more pivotal. pivotal um, and it does give um, you know more license to the wing backs um going forward and they didn't go forward too much today did they i think within that four because they were probably more conscious of their defensive abilities um so yeah i think he'll go with five and uh, and i'd be comfortable with that yeah i think it's i think it's gonna be a really interesting game i say we've got a bit of time to um between now and sunday you know we've got six days and i say we'll see if Cody comes back in and things like that and hopefully Nuno say evaluates the game today and the, the quite big drawbacks on the uh, on the performance and sort of see if we can get something because as I said we all know how much potential this Wolves team's uh, this Wolves team's got but it feels like it's been a bit of a not a negative show because let's say so it's just you know we've got a lot of different sort of ideas going on at the moment but do we sort of move things to a bit more happy with the quiz? It's not happy for this, me, but yeah. <laughs> this is where we go. Yeah, yeah. Let's let's be happy because you know it's eleven o'clock at night, and you know this is what this is what we all need to be really switched on, engaged. So I will pass over to Dan the Man, i.e. the quiz quiz master general, um, to do the quiz. What's the point? This is why we have production meetings. I really am. Sometimes I just wonder why I bother anymore. Is that, is that because we don't have a place? Oh, yeah. Literally, is this the first ever episode that I've been the majority positive source of the episode? You don't know where to place yourself, do you? That's um, you I just don't. I, I don't know who I am anymore. <laughs> do you not just need to appreciate how far we've come in three years? <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, I remember. I remember when we were playing Crawley, and you know. Yeah, it's, it's not the same when we're not in the stadiums. <laughs> don't count. Right. First question is this week t- is to you, Richard Hobbs. Okay. I can't six, six years ago this week, Wolves lost 3-0 at home to Nottingham, Fon- Nottingham Forest. Who partnered Danny Bart in defence that day? It's 2014. That's correct. Um, Great maths. Cheers. <laughs> um... That would have been the championship season. I know Liam McAlinden played in that game, but he obviously didn't play at the back. I'm stalling for time. Um, let's go for Courtney Hawes. Uh, any guesses from the rest of the table? I don't think I've got it right, Ben, have I? I thought that was a good guess, but obviously I would not. have said that, actually. Yeah, I would have said the same. I feel Did you say something, Stu? I offer. The the correct answer was Ethan Ebanks Landell. Oh. The forgotten man. Forgotten yeah, man. I, I genuinely have forgotten he existed. 
Um, Hoops, this one to you. Five years ago this week, Wolves drew two all away to Ipswich. Benicophobe scored, and who else scored for us that day? Dave Edwards. Any guesses from the rest of the table? You don't know if he's, if he's just playing this game now, just to, to kind of drag out the answer. Taco. Ooh. Um, I will go for Leon Clark. Is he still around at that point? Being yes, Drew. I think Coops is right with Dave Edwards. Correct answer was James Henry. Oh. Um, Strew, I'll come to you for this one. Ten years ago this week, 2010. Wolves beat Sunderland 3-2 at Molyneux thanks to an Ebanks Blake winner. Who scored our first that day? Oh, Jesus. Kia? Does anyone else want to guess? Which <laughs> <laughs> Oops. Bowling. Hobbs. I was going to say Foley because I remember him scoring against Sunderland when we were in Prem, but I don't think it was that game. Okay, the correct answer was Kevin Foley. Oh, hey. nice. <laughs> right. No points. Kim, Kim to go one in front. God. Um, eight years ago tomorrow, <laughs> fancast legend Bjorn Sigurdarsson scored at home to Nottingham Forest in a 2 1 defeat. What former Wolves player scored for Forest that day? I can't even think of anyone who. <laughs> I can't think of anyone who played for Forest. Does anyone want to step Can in? Oh, uh, Greg Alford. Sure. Is it Mancien? <laughs> Is it Hoops? <laughs> um, that's. Mancien, maybe might be not that. No. Oh, dearie, dear. No, Adlan Guediora. Oh. Oh. Right. Quickly, I'm jumping in with what uh, last week's quiz was. Can you share the um, option, Rich, please? Yep. Yeah. You good to go? Right. So... The first question, as last week, the answer was, is, in, is within the name of the Wolves player. The first one this week is Jackie McNamara. And the question is, every man has one of these. What? Here we go. Right. Jackie McNamara. Every man has one of these. Um, there is a timer. It's not going to make the, the answer isn't going to make me have to put this being explicit content on the <laughs> podcast, is it? No. Um, is it an anorak? No. I'm That's gonna. Not there, is it? Every man is one of these. I'm just looking at that picture and how baggy that shirt is. It's outrageous. Right. The correct answer was cinema. Oh. Every man, yeah. cinema. Oh. Oh. I mean, it's, wow. it's simple. Of course it is. It makes sense. Right. Why does it not make sense? What's every man cinema? You're you're so you Benny Bridget times. I was going to say, Stu's a silly, silly world on the. Oh, is this a, is this a chain of cinemas? I've never heard of that before. Mailbox. Yeah, it's one of the mailbox. Like you can bring. I was going to say you can like order relatively expensive food. And... Oh, that's why I don't get there. Yeah, Stu, you would Stu's not, not go to Birmingham for a I, day I, out. I, I forgot. <laughs> right, the next one is Colin Cameron. What West Brom need this season? Goal scorer. It's, where, where's the G? I was going to say win, but again... Didn't even, I didn't even look. Yeah. I just, <laughs> just, 
Um, I'm just looking at Colin Cameron's eyes. Um, <laughs> That's random Scottish team that kept tweeting us about Colin oh, yeah. Cameron. They <laughs> still kept. They still keep in contact. Shipyard. Um, yeah. Um, Line. Calm. This is too hard. Not hard. <laughs> <laughs> Not hard as a person who thought of this answer. <laughs> the correct answer was miracle. Oh, <laughs> no. That's so easy. The, the letters are in front of you. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, but I'm looking for like win um <laughs> you're adult um, you're kids. Like adult. That, means, that means we have like the attention span of like five minutes at a time at this point <laughs> so the last one um is dominic iorfa decent lager with a bad public image osberg um Colin, um Decent lager for bad um, public image. Oh. oh, Corona. Corona, well done. Thank <laughs> oh, you for saving the quiz. Amazing. <laughs> I was trying to. I was trying to think <laughs> what Caffrey's into. Me. Is Corona so, like classed as a lager? Corona. Yeah. Yeah, it is. Yeah. It's a lager. I don't. Yeah, know, I don't view it as a lager, but yeah, it's only if you add the add the lime orange to it mm. that you uh, go weird. Yeah. And we have some questions, some Twitter corners around at the Poltergeist. I say, like, you've got a choice. So, <laughs> you know, but I feel like if I ask, then, you know, it's always better. Um, right. Thank you for everyone who's tweeted in. We've had quite a few in. Uh, so I'll kind of just whittle through uh, some of the ones which stand out to me. Um, from friend of a fan cast over in the US of A, Todd DeWitt asks, if we don't finish in the top 10, is Nuno still the manager next season? Yeah, yeah, obviously. I think yeah. he, I think we, we've we've said that just because it's we all kind of get that it's a, a it's a change, it's a, it's a rebuilding season in a way. So it's I think keep your expectations in check. But yeah, it'd be some kind of dramatic fall from grace of, and finishing seventeenth for him not to be managing next season. He'll be gone in March next year if you don't grow some bollocks. <laughs> it, I'm, I'm gonna... building a narrative on Twitter if people have noticed. <laughs> no, um, no, it's subtle, Dan. <laughs> the worst case scenario that Eddie Hayes putting his face up out and about again. I was going to say when when I saw that when I saw his on Monday Night Football um, tonight, I did nope. think it... no, not nope. yeah. I'm just saying, saying now to everything that's involved with him. I'm sorry, I thought he went, no, he wasn't. I was like, but, but I saw it earlier. <laughs> <laughs> I, no. I, I saw him and he asked, he had James Rodriguez on and he went, J-Rod. And I was like, oh, I, you're a twat already. <laughs> you know what I mean? You know, I immediately thought J-Rod. There. Oh. He's now in the media circuit. He's out for a job again, isn't he? Because, yeah, of course he's. Because it's going to get sort of firing season. It's just making sure his little face is out there again. Because but he, has to, we did. he has to he has to put his face out there because no one wants the fraud. Is the original one. We we did get a um it wasn't for Twitter corner, so it is null and void for this section, but we did get a tweet earlier about why from a Reading fan, weirdly, about why um Wolves fans are so obsessed with Bournemouth because of something we tweeted about Eddie Howe talking about Wolves. <laughs> but right <laughs> in seconds, Stu. Why are Wolfsands obsessed with Bournemouth? Ready? Why are you obsessed two. with Bournemouth, Stu, is the question. Yeah. Three, it's, two, one, go. It's not just Wolves. If you go on the actual Twitter and look, it's all about them being media darlings and being a fairy tale when they were backed by Russians, cheated the way to the Premier League and played against the rules for four years. There we go. Very nicely put. Right back to uh, back to Twitter corner. Um, we'll go one from uh, that guy, Matt Guy. Um, which player in the dressing room is the tinfoil hat wearing, David Ike reading, flat Earth subscriber who is telling the rest of the squad not to get the vaccine? 
John Ruddy, but mainly because he's he's more concentrating on his, his leaves. I said, if I said Ruddy was the first person who came to my mind as well for <laughs> literally no reason whatsoever. I'd go over Dharma personally. I think he's just. You imagine trying to get a needle into his arm. Trying to prick Superman. Yeah. Don't oh. see how it could physically happen, especially if he's got baby or all. <laughs> does that does that prevent needles going in your skin? I don't know. Well, no, because I'm thinking if a nurse has to hold the hand, then what if her hand slips? I feel like it could be uh, precarious for him. It, it sounds like you've done this on a weekend and this is all your hair's like it is. <laughs> <laughs> no, this was from going to... Um, I, I took my daughter to a baby class today and it involved me dancing for an hour. So it uh, meant she and had this to... Is... This has not been filmed anywhere. Uh, no, it wasn't. It was a real shame because I, I I got really into it. Um, <laughs> probably more than the other parents, which was probably quite telling because I don't get to do stuff. Anyway, we, we're moving beyond. Where's where this podcast we? become? I don't know. Should we just should we just do the dad's podcast after this? <laughs> um, right, a couple more from Twitter corner. Um, a Passy asks, "Can we start Neto, Poland, Adama, and Raul?" Right. Apart from, is there a way essentially we can feel that we can shoehorn them all in? You can't start all four of them. Um, unless you went with a back four and played one of them in front of a, a midfield two of Nevis and Dendonka, then maybe that'd work. But Tyson Dendonka, if he's uh, after the corona. <laughs> Possibly. The, 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 you. You're talking chaos. I mean, <laughs> Nuno wouldn't subscribe to that that kind of hope, would he? So, I think the the point is it won't happen, even if we wanted it to happen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But we all said we, Nuno would never go to a back four, and that's happened tonight. Through circumstance, that's why. 2020. What's the bloke gonna do for you not to get behind him? Dear <laughs> <Bloody laughs> <hell>, Francie. <laughs> <laughs> right, now, proper question now um, from Alex Moore. Proper question, okay. proper question yeah. Um, favorite type of jam or marmalade? Are you turning to pounds and bear? <laughs> I don't think I've ever had marmalade in my life. I wouldn't. I wouldn't. I wouldn't regularly have it. I prefer jam if I'm going to be honest. Jamming, but... jamming donuts, yeah. The red one. The red one. You're not, of, you're not a fan of jam, jam sandwich, Joe? Nah, nah, nah. Can't be doing that. Jam on toast. Never had a jam sandwich. <laughs> I don't think so. It's going to be like meaty. Like from Ashmer Park, that should be like a staple just, diet. I was just thinking that. That's such an Ashmer Park <laughs> diet, jam sandwich. <laughs> never, had jam, never had jam sandwich, never had a crisp sandwich. None of this silliness. My favourite jam is beef. Space Jam, the movie. <laughs> <laughs> let me find one last question for us to end on and this is where right we'll end on one from um luke thompson would you rather so i always think this is good it's always going to be a good one if someone drops you uh, drops a would you rather into twitter corner would you rather stay in lockdown as it is but wolves win a league and cup double or cancel lockdown um, and go back to normal. So I guess like COVID's never happened, but Wolves get relegated. Stay in lockdown. Yeah, I ain't, getting, I ain't getting relegated. Stay in yeah. lockdown and win the Cups. Oops, you're going to be magnanimous in this? Or I, 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 yeah, I'm going to be boring and say stay in lockdown because, yeah. Um, yeah. We you used to it anyway. Yeah, yeah, I was going to say, you know what? I'm going to make it five for five. We we live with it now. It's the new normal. But, you know, look, pandemics come and go, but trophies stay forever. So, And on that note, we're going to end today's podcast. Thank you so much for listening. We will be back relatively soon covering the Arsenal game. Um, Make sure you keep up with us on all of our social media. Um, You know, we're on... Say Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, 
make sure you check it out on our YouTube channel. We've got lots of fresh content coming out on there at the moment. I before we wrap up, um just a quick, I guess, well done again to Kim in terms of the fundraising for um the uh the well in Wolverhampton. Um, I think it's just short of ten thousand pounds that's being raised by Wolves fans at the moment. Um Yes, thanks to your your guys' generation, um, gen, can't even speak now. Your guys' generosity. So yeah, um, really pleased with how it's gone, and uh, yeah, thank you. Yeah, I think it, as I say, it's it, it's a it's an incredibly worthwhile course. Everything going on at the moment, especially you know with Christmas looming round the corner for everyone. You know, I think everyone deserves to you know not not be going hungry at any sort of period of time, let alone one of uh say a global pandemic and with christmas around the corner so it's fantastic work that's been done by the wolves community yet again um big thank you to our sponsors uh pixel yeti media uh you got any website needs or marketing stuff go ma- make sure you go check them out at pixelyetimedia.com um and until next time it's goodbye from hoops bye it's goodbye from dan <laughs> I feel. But did anyone else feel suspense then? Just, just. Sorry, I'm just so deflated after this episode of listening to you lot just downtrodden our god of a manager, Nuno Espirito Santo. I just don't know which way to turn. I'm rapidly falling out loving football. I really am. Sometimes I just wonder why I even bother anymore. Well, you shouldn't go to games, then should you? It's no. goodbye from Stu. Feliz Navidad. It's goodbye from Kim. Bye. And it's goodbye for me. See you next time. It takes years to build a business that sustains a family and is worth passing on. At Sandy Spring Bank, we work closely with clients to provide the financing, cash management, and deposit products necessary to grow a business. So your life's work will continue to prosper once it's in someone else's hands. We believe real banking is a conversation. Let's talk about your business. Visit sandyspringbank.com business. Credit products offered by Sandy Spring Bank. The United States Border Patrol has exciting and rewarding career opportunities with the nation's largest law enforcement organization. Earn great pay, outstanding federal benefits, and up to $20,000 in recruitment incentives. Learn more online at cbp.gov careers usbp.